Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Just want to say hello again to all the new visitors in here. Thank you for coming to uh, Life in the Sun and worshiping with us this morning. My name is Van. I was that guy who has a birthday. Just so you know that. And we are in our last week of our series, Grace Changes Everything. And um, for the past three weeks, we've just been learning more about grace, and, and the speakers have done a wonderful job of unpacking grace and helping us understand it. And I've been privileged to be up here today and bring it home. So I'm going to start off with a poll. All the college students, raise your hand. See some here. Can you keep your hands raised for me? I see you back there. If you're not a freshman, put your hand down. There's not one hand? There's no freshman? Oh, you're a freshman. Okay, okay, okay. Man, I was was hoping to see some freshmen. Because as a campus minister, it's it's like fresh meat. Where, where, where? Oh, I see you. Freshman. Okay. Gotcha. I just wanted to do that to see who, who, who the freshmen were. Okay. Well, um, Grace chases uh, everything. And when I was a freshman in, in college, I, I wasn't saved. Shocking, right? I wasn't saved. And I remember moving into my dorm and I was passing the next room over to, to, to the right of where I was staying, and, and there was this guy named Laurent. And at, at the moment, I thought what I was seeing was kind of weird because he was right in the middle of the room, sitting in a chair. His, his mother and father were around him, and I think he had two sets of aunts and uncles around him, like right in the middle of the room. And they were really close to him. So I walked by, I was like, what's going on in there? But something told me to just, you know, say hey. So I went in there, I was like, hey man, I'm, I'm Van. He was like, I'm, I'm Laron. And, uh, turns out Laron was a Christian. So now that I rethink about it, it's not so weird anymore. They were probably just praying for him. They were probably pl- praying that, you know, he's, he's a young, uh, young man going off uh, uh, an hour away from home. They're probably praying that uh, God uh, leads him and, and everything like that. So me and Laurent began this relationship, and he eventually became my best bud. And this is where I truly first experienced God's grace in my life. Um, even though I had certain language, things coming out my mouth, even though the way I acted and some of the things I I thought about, and even the, the way I viewed the world didn't match up with the Bible. But God gave him the grace to bear with me. And if you know me, sometimes I can get kind of wild. I can kind of get animated. So our relationship is developing, and, and you know, he, he could have been, you know what, this guy's not, not really 
from my background, you know what, I'm just kind of going to avoid him. I'm going to ignore him. He's a heathen. I'm, I'm just going to not deal with him. But, you know, I remember coming into his room, and he plays the piano, and he sings, and he's a, a worship leader uh, for his church, and now he's over in Raleigh, uh, Kings Park, Raleigh, and he's leading worship over there. And I remember us trying to make songs together, and I would be the guy always trying to make an R&B song. I'd be trying to sing about love and women and girls. And then he would be trying to sing about God. And I was like, why is he always singing about God for? I mean, I know he's a Christian, but man. And, and, and so I would go with R&B, God, R&B, God. So I, so I think one time he was just like, man, Jesus. You know, and I, and I was trying to compromise with him. I was like, how about we make a song about God finding a girl? So I was trying to bring the two together so that we could, we could make, some, make some music, but through it all, he, he bared with me. So I saw the grace of God through him because he could have pushed me out his room. He could have locked his door. But that grace changed my life forever. And that's why you see me up here speaking today about grace. So we're going to be looking at Jesus and Zacchaeus. Who knows Zacchaeus? He's that little guy that climbed the tree to see Jesus. So our text is Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. So we're talking, uh, he is Jesus. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was loaded. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, the, the people there, the Pharisees and Sadducees. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So we're going to unpack uh, Zacchaeus a little bit. I want you to understand a little bit uh, more about what he was going through. So as we see, he was a chief tax collector. And let me unpack uh, what a tax collector was. They were basically in those times, Jewish people viewed tax collectors as traitors. I mean, they were traitors because they were working with the Roman government to collect taxes from the Jewish people. And on top of that, they would steal from their own people. So not only would they take the taxes, they would say, you know what, you owe me $5. But you know what, if you really, you really want me to look out for you, 
I better see seven in there. All right? Or they could just lie. You owe me seven and they pocket three or two, or whatever they want it. But his name actually means pure and righteous in Hebrew. That's kind of ironic, right? This guy who's a tax collector, who's hated, who's, he's, he's a traitor to his own people, and his name means pure and righteous. I mean, they were so hated that murderers and thieves and prostitutes were actually above tax collectors. You can go hang out with that murderer, but man, you better stay away from that tax collector. They are against our people. And being that he was a chief tax collector, he was the head of other tax collectors. So, I mean, he was the honcho. He was the head of the local tax department. And being in Jericho, uh, this place of Jericho was, had a lot of local wealth. It was actually beside a trade route from Jerusalem to the east. It had a lot of local wealth. So being a tax collector in this town was awesome. I mean, people were making money, you were collecting money, you were stealing money from them. So Zacchaeus was really rich. And as we see in the scripture, he was, he was a pretty short man. By ancient standards, it says that he was under five feet tall. Who's five feet in here? Almost all of us, right? <laughs> right? He was shorter than most of everyone in here. Like he would stick out or maybe not stick out in this church. You know, he was that short. So you have this chief tax collector who's very short and he's very, very unpopular with the people around him. So we're going to get into our first point. It says grace beckons the lost. Luke 19, verse 3 to 4. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree, for he was about to pass that way. The definition of beckon is this, to make a gesture with the hand, arm, or head to encourage someone to come nearer or follow, or that something seems to be appealing or inviting. See, grace is appealing because it's free of judgment. We can come before a holy God with stinky, smelly, torn, ugly clothes on. And because of grace, not have to fear of judgment. And I believe grace is what draws Zacchaeus to Jesus. See, I, I like to think this of Zacchaeus. He was tired of being ostracized. I like to think he was tired of being hated on people giving him the side eye all the time. Oh, there goes that tax collector. Stay away from him. I don't know if he met up with other tax collectors and they had parties, but it was pretty much him and his family. He didn't have any friends. He was unpopular. I mean, he had to know the meaning of his name. Maybe he was tired of not living up to his name, of being pure and righteous in the land of Israel. And he hears of this man named Jesus, the supposed Messiah. And I like to think, out of all the things he heard, maybe the most intriguing of them all is that he forgave sins. 
and he made people right. Maybe he heard about Levi, who we know now is Matthew, one of the 12 disciples. He was also a tax collector. And if Jesus took him to be one of the 12 disciples, maybe he could do the same for me. Maybe he could, he could redeem me just like he redeemed Matthew. Perhaps he heard of what Jesus said to the great multitude in Luke 6, especially the part where Jesus says, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Or maybe about the sinful woman who brought an alabaster jar full of ointment to Jesus, and she begins to cleanse his feet with her tears and her hair. And then she anoints his feet with that expensive ointment. Or maybe the parable of the rich man and of Lazarus. And we know in that parable at the end, when the rich man and Lazarus die, the rich man is in Hades or hell, and Lazarus is in paradise. See, maybe he heard all of these things before Jesus came. See, what I want you to see is that Jesus' reputation preceded him. I mean, he was the buzz of Israel. Have you heard about this man who said he was the Messiah? Have you heard about him healing deaf people? Have you heard about him giving back sight to people? Have you heard about him forgiving sins? He says he's the son of God. Have you heard about him? See, if Jesus was here today, he would be on every news channel. He would be on every news feed. I mean, I feel like he would even be on Instagram taking selfies with people. I feel like he would take a selfie with me. I don't think he was too legalistic. I mean, he would be in every article, every column, every short. He was, he was the buzz of Israel. So Zacchaeus had to have learned and heard of Jesus. See, the grace that Jesus exhibited, it was drawing Zacchaeus. It was beckoning him to come and see what he was all about. And he found out that grace is not just something you can witness, but something you can experience. I mean, that reminds me of seeing grace in my college friend. That's what ultimately got me to experience grace. I was seeing it in my friend. You said, you know what? And you know, certain things happen in your life circumstances. God puts things together to draw you to himself. That caused me to want to experience grace fully in its entirety. So not only does grace beckons us to come in, uh, to a relationship with the Father, it also initiates the encounter. Grace initiates an encounter or an experience with God. Luke 19, 5 through 7, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. See, in Jewish culture, to accept or go to somebody's house was a form of acceptance. So for Jesus to say, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today, was saying, I accept you. I accept you. You who are deemed as a traitor, 
you who are deemed as a sinner. And it was very, very uncommon. It wasn't like Jewish people were saying, you know what, you got the olive oil, I'll bring the matzah bread, I'm coming over to the house today, we're going to have a dinner. It wasn't, it wasn't common. You know, coming over to somebody's house was very significant. And we see in Scripture that they grumbled, that especially the Pharisees, they had so many things to say about Jesus, didn't they? Criticism after criticism. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't listen to it? Aren't we glad that Jesus listened to the Father and didn't believe any of the lies coming into his ear? Because if Jesus listened to that, he said, you know what? I'm no longer going to rub arms with sinners. You know what? I don't feel like fulfilling my Father's will. Why don't I just pack it up and go back home? And then the Father can deal with y'all. But no, he, he kept rubbing arms with sinners. If he didn't do that, he wouldn't rub arms with us. He wouldn't spend time with us. And we would still be dead in our sins today. See, Jesus is not afraid of sin for he conquered it. He conquered sin. And it doesn't turn him away from us. See, Jesus is still actively finding what was lost. He doesn't care about what people say about you. He didn't care what people said about Zacchaeus. He came for the sick. He came for the broken. He came to heal. Jesus found Zacchaeus who was longing to be found. And Jesus is still encountering people now through the grace of God. I got some exciting news for you today. But I'm not going to tell you right now. Don't you love that? When someone does that and they're like, oh, what is it? What is it? What is the news? Or when that commercial comes, when you're watching your show, and you're like, oh, man. Or, or, or at the end of the show, there's, a, there's that cliffhanger, and they'll say, next week. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, why do they do that to us? But before I tell you the news, I just want to say, we know that grace, we, we get the free gift of salvation. But it doesn't stop there. We also obtain favor from God. Not just salvation, but favor. God's grace is his unmerited favor rooted in his love. See, love is the foundation of it all. From love comes grace, and from grace comes favor. I mean, we were just singing about break every chain. His grace can, and, and His love can break down barriers. It can blast open any door. And it disrupts and shakes up what we think is possible. See, the exciting news is this. Next week, September 1st, we have the first of many full worship services right in the dorms of UOG. 
right in the dorm. And in all of my college career, I never seen that. I mean, yeah, we have Bible studies and some students will, will, will create Bible studies, but they, by God's grace, he has opened the door to have a full worship service, just like here, right in the dorm. It's not in a classroom. It's where they live. I mean, someone could wake up Sunday morning and be on their way to the bathroom. Jesus loves me? For some reason, that's really hitting right now. I need to go over here. I mean, the Spirit of God could come into the hallway and move. So that's pretty exciting. I mean, we're trying to strategize how to reach students, and we're like, Lord, how do we do it? He says, you know what? In, in my grace, how about this? I'll put you right in the dorm where they live. How's that for strategy? How's that for strategy, Van? And it gets even better. They're at full capacity. And from what I was told, it hasn't been that way in years. We got students from Japan. We got students from Micronesia. There's even one for the Virgin Islands, and there's even one from Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the cheese state. I was actually surprised about that. See, grace makes things happen. Grace cannot be intimidated. Grace can move mountains out the way. Grace can break every chain. Grace can cover vast distances in one step. Jesus makes a way when there's no way. He creates and opens doors that never existed and says, come through. Grace does that. Grace is a picture of God's merciful love and that he saves us in spite of our sin. And his love seeks the loss, it seeks the sinner, it seeks restoration, it seeks redemption. See, because of God's love and favor, we now have the opportunity to reach every student in the dorms of UOG. Praise God. Praise God. Our theme, grace changes everything. Luke 19, verses 8 through 9. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Grace changed Zacchaeus' life. I mean, he gave half of what he had. Let's do some basic math. That means he's got 50% left. He just gave half of it away. This is math 101 for you college students. And then he says, to anyone I have defrauded or stolen from, I'm going to give it back, but I'm going to give it back four times. See, in Israel around that time, it, 
to, to give something back, it was just kind of like, okay, you gave me something back. I still don't like you. Why did you steal it in the first place? But to give something back fourfold was like, wow, you're really trying to mend this broken relationship. You're really trying to say that you're sorry. You're truly, genuinely sorry, and you want my trust back. You want my, my friendship back. That's what Zacchaeus was doing. He jeopardized, jeopardized his whole financial well-being to make things right. I mean, 50% gone, and then out of 50% left, he gives back everything fourfold. I mean, I don't know what he had left. But he, I mean, he was a rich man. He could have had something left over. He could have had something in the IRA. Maybe, maybe dug in the ground some silver coins or something. But he risked his whole financial well-being to make things right. Because grace came into his house that day. Because Jesus came into his house every day. Every, uh, that day. See, grace changes everything. And I'm sure that many in here this morning can testify of God's grace coming into our lives and and changing things, and moving things around. Of the change that grace helped us obtain. I mean, I'm just remembering earlier when, when people were coming up here wanting the Lord to do something in their life, and, and I was like, man, grace. Grace allows us to continually get it right. Grace doesn't allow us to take advantage of, of it. We shouldn't take advantage of God's grace. But it allows us to go higher and higher from step to step, from glory to glory. And, when, and where sin is, grace abounds much more. So I want to say to everyone in here, grace be upon you. Let there be no condemnation in Christ Jesus. No condemnation to you in Jesus Christ. You may make a mistake here and there, but don't beat yourself up about it. If you're sincere and genuine about repentance, it will come through the grace of God. See, Jesus comes into our lives and He extends His hand for us to take it and through grace begins to set things in order, begins to make everything right, Everything new. He renews our mind. It changes our entire view of who we are. It strips off the old ideals, the old mindsets. Grace comes in and changes everything. See, if you're in here today and grace is attractive to you and it's appealing to you, but you've never experienced it, I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you right now. So with all heads bowed, if you feel God calling you, if you feel a tugging on your heart, if grace is calling out to you right now, I want to say it's not by accident. God draws us. He initiates the encounter. Respond to that tugging. Respond to grace calling you.
It's not by accident. He has been graciously working in your life. And he wants to show you how much he loves you. If you want to respond to that grace today, the free gift of salvation, and you want to come into a loving relationship with the Father right now, all you can do for me is raise your hand and I'll see you. And we'll pray together. Anyone in here today who wants to accept the free gift of salvation, just raise your hand. Anyone else that wants to accept the grace of God, the free gift He has for you? All right, all you can do, all you have to do is repeat after me. Lord Father, I thank you for extending grace to me. I admit that before you, I come short of the glory of God. And I say right now, I surrender my life to you. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. I pray that you in the form of the Holy Spirit will come into me right now and dwell and dwell within me. Oh, Father, I pray that you would show me your ways, show me your love, and show me your grace. I worship you and I honor you and I love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And one more prayer for all of us. Lord, Father, I pray that as we go forth today, as you have plans for us, Lord Father, in your G and plans in the Festival of Hope, Lord Father, I pray that we see your mighty grace in our lives. I, see that, I pray that you, we see your mighty power in our lives, Lord Father, and that we would run with you and work with you to accomplish everything you've set out to do here on this island of Guam. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.